of us look back and wish we had handled our finances better when we first emerged from university and entered the workforce. But learning how to save and invest your money at the start of your career is no longer something you have to stumble upon in your late 20s when many fall into financial difficulty and then turn to an advisor or personal finance books for help. For Generation Z, those born between 1996 and 2015, brushing up on personal finance know-how is something many carry out through financial apps or by watching videos on YouTube. 100% of American Z-Zellers use at least one financial app to budget, invest, or carry out their everyday banking, according to a June poll from Morningstar. With boosting financial literacy levels a key aim for governments across the globe and the world still gripped by the devastating financial effects of COVID-19, there has never been a better time to equip the young with skills to manage their money more effectively. So how should the Gen Z generation tackle their finances and how can they achieve the ultimate personal finance goal, that of financial freedom? Welcome to Pocketful of Durham's. I'm Alice Hayne from The National and joining me today is Monica Minaj from Finlect, a UAE financial wellness app. Thank you for joining us, Monica. Thank you for having me. So if Generation Z are so up to speed on financial apps, why do they need our help? With our generation shopping online more than ever, being more digital savvy. I mean, in fact, we're even called the digital natives, right? But the truth is we're using financial apps, but have our financial habits actually been positively impacted by that? Have we actually gotten better at managing our finances and becoming financially more stable, more independent? Well, unfortunately, the answer to that has not been very pleasing, right? As a member of this generation, I strongly think that there is a huge gap and that's the one that we've come to address with Finlect. So what are the challenges that you're seeing then? So for example, you know, for starters, if you look at the Arab youth survey that actually got released just today, you'll see that there are more uh, young people in debt and not just individual debt, but also family debt, right? So this means that one in every three Arab people are in debt. And this is a clear indication of the fact that even though we have this technology available at our disposal, are we equipped to use it the right way or to make the best use of these tools to enhance our financial awareness and make smarter financial decisions? Again, unfortunately, the answer to that is no. With this huge wave of, I would say, growth and exponential advancements in the world of fintech, which is actually financial technology, in essence, that means, you know, your digital banks, your um, everybody has a has an app that's linked to their bank account, etc. What we're not being able to get access to is the right amount of information to actually use these applications and use the products and services wisely. The genders have the apps, they've got the, they've got the tools, but they're not accessing the kind of information or the guides that they need to help them make use of those. Is that right? How are they getting it wrong exactly? So if you think about it, see, for example, if there's um, an app on your phone that is connected to your bank account, 
you can make transfers, you can make exchanges, you can do all sorts of things. But are you aware that every time you make a purchase or a transaction or every time you transfer amount of, uh, a certain amount of money from your account to another one, you're getting charged? A lot of people don't know this. And while that's just one dirham, maybe 20 fills, 30 fills, that actually amounts to a lot of money when you look at your monthly budget. So not just that, you know, it's also the fact that just because you have a credit card or a debit card doesn't mean that you can go on this shopping spree, uh, you know, every month and then just kind of take some time and pay your bills uh, 15 days, 20 days after your deadlines have passed. Because that essentially means you're being charged and you're being charged uh, on an incremental basis. Are you aware about this? Are you making the smart decision to pay your bills on time? Are you automating your spending? So these are very, very minute details that sometimes we lose sight of because everything is so automatic and convenient, right? When I'm tapping my card instead of paying by cash, I'm a little less mindful of how much money I have left in my account and how much money uh, I'm, I'm spending. So I think it all really boils down to your habits, to your awareness. And in essence, how much of what you are doing are you tracking? Do you have visibility on your patterns? So once you do, you automatically become more aware and you have this reality check or this thing in your head that's saying, okay, I have only 20% of my salary left in my account. I should not be making this impulse buy. So with that in mind, and the current situation that we're in at the moment, where a lot of people are struggling financially, do you think that COVID has, has exacerbated this issue for, for the, that particular generation? Because you can't manage your finance if it's difficult to actually get a job in the first place, or you've got university debts to deal with. So have you noticed that there's more people coming to you, not only looking for advice, but with problems? Yes, 100%. So I think it's more like, this is my perspective, but I think it's a cyclic process, right? Being able to manage your money well actually translates to higher employability and higher acumen. And, and in a way, you get the opportunity to choose the job that you want to take up right? What happens is, let's say I'm burdened by debt or I'm burdened by some, some of the other form of financial stress. I automatically close up or narrow down the number of opportunities I could actually choose from. Now, suddenly it's become a matter of me making a decision to pick up a job because I have no choice, right? So if you're able to make the right budget, to stick to that budget and in essence spend within your means, it automatically reduces your financial burden or your pressure. And then let's say you have three jobs on the line where maybe the third job is something you would have to start four or five months down the line. You know that you've saved up enough or you have this emergency fund that allows you to wait it out and get the job of your dreams. Now, this applies not just to people who are looking for, uh, you know, the traditional jobs, but also a lot of young people who are now moving towards, uh, you know, unique spaces, unique uh, employment opportunities like freelancing or, or working, let's say, 20 days of the month instead of working the entire month, right? So it's all about being able to budget yourself or put your money in the right boxes and managing, um, I would say, your funds in a smarter way so that you can build this pipeline of choices for yourself. So how do you actually teach people how to get it right? I mean, your, your approach is, 
is almost to deliver financial literacy in very small bite-sized bundles, little short little nuggets of information. I mean, do Genzers have such a, a sort of low tolerance to listening for longer? Is Do they need such a simple approach? Yes, definitely. I think uh, the fact that TikTok is one of the most popular applications and the fact that people are spending less than, uh, I would say, 20 seconds on one piece of content, whether it's video, audio, images, etc., is a clear indication that our attention spans have reduced. But this does not necessarily mean that people are not interested, right? The second biggest form of stress that young people and actually people in general are facing today in this COVID world is financial stress, right? So if let's say somebody is scrolling through TikTok and they find a video where somebody is giving them a 20-second lowdown of some really simple financial tips, believe me, they're going to stop, they're going to listen, and they're probably going to remember that, right? So what we do at Finlect is that we build these articles, we build podcasts, we make the conversation about money more interesting, more approachable, less intimidating. And then we give you an opportunity to go to the functional aspects of the application itself and test out what you've learned. I think this is really, really important because you might have access to 10,000 pieces of information, but it only comes into use when you're able to translate that into actionable things for yourself. So have you actually also done TikTok videos? Is that part of your approach? Yes, it is, actually. We haven't released our official TikTok series, but it's coming really soon. Now, uh, I'll be very honest, we're not the first people to do this, right? There's already a wonderful array of people giving solid financial advice on TikTok, and they're doing it in unique ways, right? They're juggling balls and giving you advice on budgeting. They're dancing through it. There was a recent, uh, I would say, video that went viral where this girl is dancing, and in between her dance, there are these little captions that show clearly that there's a clear disparity or uh, you know of the financial inclusion among men and women across the world right again that's like a 30 second video and and that's stuck with me and that sticks with a lot of people right that's the approach that we're aiming to kind of get at and get people interested and then include them into the financial service well, that's great. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be dancing my way through delivering <laughs> financial advice anytime soon. But with that in mind, I mean, what are you telling people to do? What was your if someone's aiming for financial freedom? How do they start that process when they're in their early 20s? What, what's your advice as to kind of how to get in there? All right. So for starters, I think this is something very personal to every individual. But there are some basic rules that every young person struggles to follow. But these are what they are, right? So number one, I would call this the rule of thumb, is that you must not spend more than you make. And the only way you know that you're following this rule is if you track your expenses. And that's your second rule, right? Always, always track your expenses, build a budget. Initially, you might go, you know, you might go disarray and you might not follow your budget, but at least make it. It's like a mental checklist and it really, really helps you build the habit of uh, knowing your finances before you jump into managing them, right? The next thing is if you have debt, any form of debt, step one is to clear that out. Budget yourself in a way that every month you're paying a certain amount to scrap this debt off your shoulders, right? Another thing is, again, very, very simple, very, very basic. 
break down your expenses and your income into categories right and then move one step forward and prioritize on what category is important and what's not and then assign smaller funds or uh, chunks of money to each of these categories i like to call these your financial boxes but you can call them whatever you like so these i would say are the absolute basic tips that everybody should follow but then again if you think about this region and and the kind of purchases or the kind of trends that exist here among young people there are two solid trends one is people using credit cards excessively and young people that are using credit cards without being fully aware of what they're getting themselves into i think you know credit card issues is across all the age groups but yes you're right i think young people particularly aren't necessarily aware of all the charges that are involved but yeah bring us to the second one So the second one is auto loans, right? Because Dubai makes buying cars and selling cars so simple, and not just to buy the UAE, I would say, uh, it people get carried away and they make a lot of mistakes when they do this kind of when they go for an auto loan, right? So I I want to roll I come sort of come back to the point about credit cards. Now credit cards are actually a very very powerful. positive tool right there's a reason why they're so popular because they make financial sense but what we need to be uh, doing is understanding the type of product we need to buy or subscribe to and the extent to which we need to be using it right so uh, a young person let's say somebody who's in university cannot subscribe to a credit card which has uh, you know the the, the limits at 100000 it uh, or dirhams it does not make any financial sense again this is a very uh, exaggerated example but i just wanted to make that point clear so there are some very simple easily accessible uh, budgeting theories and tools that people can subscribe to so one for the auto loan is the 2410 rule right this is super basic every time i tell a friend they they're like oh my god wow why didn't you tell me this before right it's simply it sim- simply says that when you're buying a car put down 20% of the payment at the get go the next one what four stands for is that you should not be paying for this car for more than 4 years right so you need to see what your installments look like what the plan is and if it's something more than 4 years don't go for that option and the 10 stands for a very simple logic that says you should not be spending more than 10% of your income on a monthly basis to pay off your car loan right so if you follow or if you find these simple absolutely basic budgeting tools and try to incorporate them in your decisions it automatically makes you more aware and more i would say secure at least to begin with and of course you know i said this in in the introduction is that people uh, of my generation i hear it all the time i wish i'd saved more i wish i hadn't gone out as much or i wish i'd thought more carefully or budgeted more carefully are you trying to stop those regrets from ever happening yes of course i think 20 to 25 is too late for you to realize that uh, you should have been uh, you know saving more or investing more etc the simple logic behind that is because we're moving in we're kind of moving into this world that's very very dynamic right things are changing overnight uh, trends are changing overnight so what's important is to rid yourself of one more stress or of one more thing weigh, weighing you down and that one thing is your financial freedom right imagine a world where you know somebody in their uh, somebody looking to get 
into the educational system that means somebody looking to get into university does not even for a second have to think about education loan right or let's say they get the education loan and before they graduate they've paid it off right it's not too difficult it's all about making the right decisions and building the right habits from the get go so when i say this i actually mean bringing school students and you know the younger generation into this cycle of being more financially aware so what we're doing is we're talking to schools we're talking to school students and telling them that you know one of the biggest most uh, i think wonderful things that i've ever heard is that you do not need to make money to know how to manage it and i think that's powerful right money is making the world go around and if you don't know how to manage that uh, you're going to be in some of the other pitfall at some point in your life and then of course you're going to say i wish i had saved more or i wish i had in invested better absolutely and i mean of course you can catch up you know i i think i have i can recall coming out of university and uh being offered a loan by my bank to cover all of my uh, expenses that i'd accrued through um my university years and i remember thinking that they were giving me a, you know doing me an enormous favor and i was telling my father about it and he was like uh but what's the interest rate on that loan i thought well why does that matter but it it's you know since then obviously i've got my finances in order and i know what i'm doing but when you start out you don't know but you know your ultimate goal for your for your users so to speak is to help them to achieve financial independence and possibly even retire early and some of the messages that you deliver is is possibly very important at this stage is that they shouldn't fall for that sort of social media lifestyle that you see everybody else living and start trying to spend to keep up with it because that's something that everybody it's a trap that so many people fall into yeah i agree i mean a quick fun fact would be open up instagram open up facebook twitter whatever you may and and just look at the kind of content that's being pushed at you right obviously it's going to be different for for you your as an individual versus what it's for me right but there's one pattern and that pattern is that there is this immense push towards buying more and having more and even the minimalistic trend that's been going around it's about buying i would say um something at a higher price or something that comes with 10 other things that maybe make your house look better or your instagram feed look better and while that's great it's great for somebody who can afford it and you know if you can go for it what it's not um kind of building in us in a sub, in a subconscious way is being more uh, mindful of our consumer behavior right and being more mindful of understanding what our ability is to afford and to pay off what we're buying this whole culture of buy now pay later while it sounds wonderful as a service is actually um in in a sense deteriorating our ability to understand our finances and to actually make the best of what we have in the moment right so i think yes social media is a wonderful tool but unfortunately on the social media channels at least locally we don't have that that level of information or that level of engaging experience to be able to push towards having conversations about financial stress financial wellness financial freedom etc so the only source that we have is uh, maybe a bank or maybe a friend who did something or maybe a parent who's giving you advice and sometimes 
that does not equip you in the best possible way and that's why you know finlight that's the reason why we built finlight and that and i hope that we're able to create the impact that we're uh, setting out to do so if financial independence is the goal that you're sort of pushing to people towards or encouraging them to aim for is that what every gen z wants i mean do people really want to retire early personally i quite like working No of course uh, so if you ask me personally yes i would never want to retire but let's go back and understand what retire means in the context of fire which means you know you retire early you're financially independent the idea or the context the meaning of the word retire in that is actually to be able to be financially independent right and in a way where you can do whatever you like now right so if i want to quit my job take a sabbatical for a year and then again come back into the into the workforce i shouldn't be stressed because i don't have money if i don't get that job will i be able to survive that should not be my my situation and of course 110% of gen zers want that life they want it you know maybe even earlier in their life they want to be financially independent by in their 30 30 early 30s i would say and yes they want to retire in that sense of you know uh, the meaning of retire they want to be able to make their decisions without being burdened with any form of financial liability or uh, you know uh, anything even this is also actually interestingly enough some some research has shown that the reason why younger people are sort of hesitant to start families early is because they're unsure uh in their own abilities to be able to manage the expenses of having a family right and manage the financial stress of being able to give the best possible lives to their family so yes gen z definitely wants to uh, achieve financial freedom and maybe even earlier in their lives than millennials and gen x and boomers well i mean i always say there's never a good time to start a family it's going to cost you a fortune but yes i think in your early 30s you know it's very important to make sure you've got that kind of financial backing so that you ha- you are free to make those decisions and and it kind of takes away that stress as you say so how can people really make that happen from the, from the outset you know you've talked about budgeting and and the importance of tracking your spending but there's other things aren't there it's having an emergency fund it's not living the life that everybody else appears to be living it it's possibly having a side hustle those are other things that can help you get on that track yes 100% so i think the the concept of side hustle is now becoming mainstream and a lot of younger people are automatically subscribing to this so you'll see students doing multiple internships you'll you'll see students uh working overtime to a upskill or b earn some extra cash on the side so side hustle is something that uh is kind of becoming a part of the culture that young people are following in addition to side hustle i think another very important aspect is if you are a young person who is married or who has a sibling etc and you're living abroad or living separately from your parents a great way to kind of uh, push yourself one step in the direction of financial stability is finding secondary incomes right now making sure that your better half or your sibling or uh, somebody who you live with is also working towards their financial stability or is also bringing in some money is an important factor right because if that doesn't happen then it causes stress and it causes friction among the two individuals again research has shown this so i would say side hustle yes it's becoming more mainstream so it's 
kind of something that people are automatically subscribing to but i think you have literally said the golden words of uh pushing yourself toward financial stability and that is emergency fund right so fortunately for me as an individual when i was 14 years old my father told me something and i'm going to share it with you he said that at any point in your life you should have enough money in your pocket or in your bank you know in today's world Uh, so that you're able to sustain your current lifestyle for at least the next 6 months this in essence is your emergency fund so you must be saving your money in a way that if it, it unfortunately you lose your job or you're displaced or you know because of covid so many students have been uprooted uprooted from their work and their uh, place of study back home do you at this point have enough money to survive at the current lifestyle that you have for the next 6 months if the answer to that is no you need to take a serious look at your budget you need to take a serious look at your um, you know spending earning patterns and you need to take some solid action and build out uh, the framework of how you can make that possible for yourself so yes emergency fund side hustles and secondary incomes are becoming more and more important especially i would say for freelancers and for people who are working jobs on a contractual basis so i have to ask monica how old were you when you had secured your 6 month emergency fund i was 21 <laughs> That's incredible. That's really I think we can all learn from that. Thank you very much, Monica. Thank you. Thank you this week to Monica Manoj. If you would like advice on your personal finance issues, you can write to me on pf@thenational.ae. And remember that PF stands for personal finance. Please do subscribe to the podcast in your podcasting app to receive weekly updates and also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison. I've been your host, Alice Haynes.